I just got to be me. You just got to be you. <laughs> you just got to be your thinking self. But God bring you to a place where you're going to be thinking in a realm of faith. Yeah. And you not, are, you know, not my vision of myself, but God's vision of me. Because he knows what I was made and what is the part that I have accumulated since then. Mm -hmm. That it doesn't belong. He knows how to burn the trash out. You know, <laughs> and put fresh stuff in. You mentioned you know? the, the Moses the humble heart and the burning bush experiences, God revealing himself to you, but that heart staying humble. They kept saying Moses was the most humble man who ever lived. And I don't know of anybody else who has had, how, how many Israelites were there at that time, like in his hand. And what he say goes, and with him, the most humble man who ever lived, he still fell in the end. Do I need to do this for you? God's like, that's it. That's that's all it takes. That one step in that direction is enough to turn you from my servant into a tyrant because of how much power God had put in his hands. Mm -hmm. And But the more, when we start to grow in that relationship and that humble heart and God sees, I can give him this. I can give him this. And up to the point where there's people he's told in the Bible, what you say, I will do. And that's a lot of trust from God for Amen, a yeah. person who, that's when God says, he knows me, and I know his heart, and I'm going to give him this level of trust. And yeah, I'm glad he ain't never said that to me yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ooh, wait a minute, I know you better, you better tell Eric. <laughs> you know, way back to the surrendering of the heart, made me think about what I called you back recently, you know, we're like, when Abraham said yes to the covenant of God. Abraham, part of the covenant was bobbing off the end of his Peter. Once Abraham did that, he couldn't go back to how he was before. And I realized, you know, it's a spiritual covenant, but it caused the physical change in Abraham. And I think that's it right there. When you enter into that covenant, when you say, I surrender, I'm sorry, I was wrong. You are God. You are in control, not me. You know what I realized? When I, when I, first thing God said to me is, you think you're in control. But I tell you, I am. When I said, I'm sorry, I was wrong, you are God. I realized over all these years, I was admitting that I thought I was God. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I admit, you're God. You're in control and I'm not. I submit and surrender to that control. All right. So when, it, when there was the, it, that spiritual covenant should have a physical change. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Abraham couldn't go out behind a tent and take a leak without it reminding him every time, you know. Oh, wait, I got a covenant. <clears throat> but yes, along the way, didn't Abraham mess up too? You know, twice he lied on his wife, got a king and a pharaoh in trouble with God. You know, God still blessed him because God said, look, the boy entered into the covenant with me. There's been a physical change and I'm going to bring him to where I, what my, I will fulfill my purpose for his life. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? I've messed up plenty along the way, dude. Mm -hmm. 30 years of following Jesus. That's lots of opportunities to mess up. And that's where he's looking in that heart. Is that heart circumcised? Does it bear the marks of my covenant? And if it does, get yourself up because we're <laughs> we're going to keep walking in that direction. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well said. And is this out of the way of this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another good point. Well said right there, you know. Yeah. God can. If you let me, I'll change your life for you. Jesus gave the illustration of uh, 
someone when someone's going to build a tower, aren't you going to count the cost? Aren't you going to see what it? And so you don't go halfway, and then everybody sees what you know. You can't go halfway without everybody seeing what you were trying to build. It's just right out there. Oh, that guy didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. But because when you say yes to God, you're saying okay, make me what you see in me. You're saying you're in control and I'm not. And if you're saying yes to that, you better be ready for what he's building. You better look out now. Because that cost <laughs> is the is the unconditional surrender mm-hmm. and the marks of circumcision in your heart mm-hmm. that staying humble. Which takes you right back to the very first thing you're saying about that heart. Is, is the heart. Has the heart been changed? Mm-hmm. Coming to the point where you say, look, I realize there's some toilet water in there. <laughs> and I'd really like you to run that through a brother. <laughs> so we, we can get that out of there, you know. I'd like you to, to wash me with the word so that that's washed out of my life. When I pulled in here, I was listening to that song came out, I want to be washed clean. But as that guy, Zach Williams, I think okay. his name is, washed clean. But in the song, he recognized he can't do the washing. He can't do nothing to get the clean. He needs the Holy Spirit to do the washing, to do the cleaning. Jesus washed their feet and said, Pete, but wash your feet, boy, you're clean. You know, it's all you need. Don't get all wound up here, boy. <laughs> wash your holes. I got to make this bucket last. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think right there, what we said today really is a good salvation message. It brings it all the way around, you know? Do you want to just walk in this mental ascent? Or do you want to have a change of heart so you can walk like Moses and have a supernatural experience in the natural world with a supernatural God who completely understands the world that you are walking and living in, but he thinks on a level that you can't. Mm -hmm. And if you let him, he can bring you up to that level. Well, you're now beginning to think in the intellect of God and realize that faith is not mindless. It's actually just superior because it functions at a different level. It functions at the level of God. And what's most amazing is that this super intelligent, amazing God, he chooses to love us. And not only that, but he chooses a creative relationship with us. He doesn't just say, okay, Go to Africa and be a missionary and eat there. <laughs> he is. Let's make something beautiful together. And the Spirit leads us in the direction, but he leaves. He leaves this. It's not a. It's not a prison. It's not a pushing you into a certain place and sit here and say this and write this and do that. He's a. This is. He, he inspires your heart. This is the message I'm bringing out, and that expression is is your expression of God coming from you. And it's your creativity with God coming out. Because being full, out of the abundance of that heart, mm-hmm. out of the fullness of that heart, seeing if it, what is it full with? What is it full with? Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to be full of him. You know, I spent 32 years of my life, you know, running from God, saying there is no God. I know what it's like to be part of the walking dead, you know, to be living a self-destructive, and an empty life, you know? I know now after 30 years of following Jesus, 
I only got two more. Then I can say, hey, I spent 32 running from him, and I got 32 walking with him. <laughs> you know, split it right down the middle, you know. But I can, you know, see, I, I know what it's like to follow the way, the truth, and the life. That's what I want. That's what I want. People have said to me in the past, well, you got to be careful. Be careful you don't fall back into what you was. Don't be, you know, you go back. I said, man, you ain't got a clue. You got no idea what I came out of. And there is nothing for me to, I'm just like Pete. Where else am I going to go, sir? Because you alone hold the words of life. There's nothing back there for me to go to. I know that there's nothing but death back there. I'm, I want, I'm following life. I'm following life. You know what I'm saying? And you're right. It is a love relationship. All that power. All that power. I love you this much. I was talking to a lady today. They were talking, we were talking about my kids and you know all the ones I got. And I said, you know what, lady? I said, I can tell you this. Ain't a one of my kids can stop me from loving them. Because they ain't make me love them. That I do of my own free will. You cannot stop God from loving you because you ain't making him love you. That he does of his own free will. I love you this much of my own free will. You can't stop me because you ain't making me. All you got to do is will you receive it. It's already being held out there for you. Will you take it? Saying, you know, there, there, there is no rejection of Jesus Christ. Going to hear it a little bit, look, you, you don't reject Jesus Christ. There's only acceptance. You either accept him as Savior and Redeemer, or you accept him as Judge. But you will accept him one way or other. There'll come a day that every knee will bow at the name and to the name, and every tongue will confess. You see what I'm saying? Jesus is the reality, and you can ignore him as long as you want, but you're going to... You're going to... Go face to face with that reality eventually, you know? <laughs> you know, ain't none of us get out of here alive. Well, unless you have eternal life in you, then I just go from life into life. I'm following the way and the truth and the life. Into life. Forever. I'm all right with that. Say that is none of us get out of here with the life we started with. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> you could say it. that's a good way to say it right there. We have to die to that life. My favorite. I always like to say, you know, like when I get there and I meet him, I fall down at his feet, right, and I confess, man, you are Lord, and I, I, I have one thing that I hope for, and that is as he reaches down and he lifts me up. And wipe the tear from my eye, because he'll wipe every tear from every eye. And he say, I made a fine redemption, didn't I? And I can say, yes, sir, you did. <laughs> and I was counting on that. Because <laughs> I know I couldn't have got here on my own. I can't achieve that level of righteousness on my own. I can't be holy like that on my own. I need your redemption. I need your intervention in my life. I yield. I'll let you change my life for me. That's one of the things in this life that I pray all the time. God, don't never let me misrepresent you. And then I, I pray often, God, more than anything, change the man on the inside. Change the man on the inside. I know that if he changes the man on the inside, 
and other folk will see, you know what, there's, there's something different right there. There's a light that shines out of him that I don't see everywhere. I, I stop by the coffee booth, you know, and, and visit with the young ladies. I've built a, a very, uh, you know, 150-person relationship there, you know, in a short, a very short window of time that I meet with these ladies. But you know what? I've had opportunity to pray with every one of them, you know, for those that would have it, you know. They now, like one young lady, hand out the window and hand me a, uh, one of the, the picture to that, you know, to their wedding, you know. And she said, I want to give that to you because I know you will pray for me and my husband to be. Mm. I said, little girl, just put your hand out right now. You know, I said, I, I barely survived the 70s, girl. If I don't pray right now, I'll probably forget. You know, <laughs> I'll pray right now. But you know, I was able to go through there the other day and say, you know what, ladies, I want to tell you that you've been thought about when you don't know you've been thought about. You've been prayed for when you don't know you've been prayed for. Because little girl, you asked me to pray for you in your future wedding. I want you to know that I was going down the road, drove by, saw this booth, and immediately thought of you. And I began to pray for you and your husband. Mm-hmm. Be, you know, there was one young lady that the other day I was in there and <clears throat> she leaned out to help the people out in front of me. And God began to speak to me about her. And I went up there and said, young lady, I always, you know, it's not one of those one of the times where it's very clearly God. It's just it's coming in my mind. So when I come up, I say, young lady, has this happened in your life? Is this something that's going on right now? And she looks at me like. <laughs> yes, it is. Now, how'd you know? I said, well, because she looked at me going, look, this guy don't know that. He obviously can't know that much. You don't look at him. You know, I said, because God spoke to me about you. I said, and God also told me to tell you. And when I got done, you know, and she, she had tears in her eyes. And I went by there a few days later and she goes, you know, I always love when you come here. Because the words that you speak always encourage me. I've gone in there and, and the one young lady, you know, I, I said something. I said, I, I hope that that does not offend you. And she goes, oh, no, it doesn't. Because I know you're a man of God. Now, be, you know, and it's just a brief moment in there. But I, I'm, letting, I'm endeavoring to let the Holy Spirit shine through me mm-hmm. to touch somebody else's life. Because freely you have received, freely give. Remember we said what back in another episode, if God gave it to you, it wasn't just for you. It was for other <laughs> folk. If God gifted you, that gifting is not for you. It's for others. Give it away. You know, and I think there's a passage that says something like, if you give it out, he's going to give more back. You know, people always think that that's, you know, they use that to get your money. The plate's coming. (laughs) Oh, give it and we'll be giving to you. Press down, shake it together. Somebody shake that. Somebody shake the plate now. You know, (laughs) but in reality, I think if you read the passage, it really ain't talking about money. And I think what it's saying is that you need love, give some love away. Yeah. Yes, give the money. God gave you the ability to gain wealth. You didn't get that because you was all that in a bag of chips, dude. God gave that ability to you. You know what I'm saying? But give it when he tells you to give. If you need love, give love. If you need some healing, go find somebody who needs some healing and pray for them to get healed. You see what I'm saying? If you need to be encouraged, go be an encouragement to somebody. You know? Even if you don't need to be encouraged, go be an encouragement to somebody. <laughs> you know? And if, if you're giving it out like that, now you better know too, though, if you're giving it out, they're watching. They're watching to see if your tower gets half built or not. You know? <laughs> and that's where I pray, God, don't let me misrepresent you, sir. You know? I'm following, you know, that there's less trail in front of me than there is behind me. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to follow him to the end. Right on out this life and into the next. You know? And if ever I did it wrong, I hope that I'm, you know, Smart enough, quick enough to come to you and say, brother, forgive me. 
you know, that I misrepresented them to you. You know, I hate when I do that, but that's how I know. That's how you know you're born again. Because you hate it when you sin. Before you was a Christian, before you was born again, did you hate it when you were sin? No. No. <laughs> you was pretty good at it, huh? You know? So I tell you, I was so good at sinning, I could have been a professional sinner. You know? <laughs> and it didn't bother me at all. But now, see, even though I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm so much like Peter, it's crazy, you know? I mess up all the time, you know? But there's other times that, you know, if the Holy Spirit's with me, he says, put the net on, I'm bold, you know? I'm just crazy enough to do it, you know? I mean, when I was in the military two different times, I, I did, you know, I was not a greatest soldier. I was very effective in the field, you know, but I... It, we get in trouble every time I got in the rear, you know. But twice during my tour of duty, I had two different generals come and say, you know, if I had one platoon of soldiers like that, I'd take on an entire army. And I got to thinking about that. I thought, you know, I don't know if it's that much of a compliment. Because he might have been <laughs> saying, you know what? That was just crazy enough. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? But maybe God's the same way. God looks at you. And all your intellectual reasoning. And he said, that one's just crazy enough. <laughs> you know, he's going to try and think this through. But I'm going to get him to the end of himself. And then I'm going to begin to reveal myself to him. And he's going to think on a level he ain't never thought before. And begin to realize, wow, God. I hadn't even gotten nowhere yet. But now that I'm out there in your realm, I'm sure having fun. <laughs> you know? Same deal, brother. Same deal. Yeah. I pray for that for you often. I pray that often for you that God open his word like a great treasure to you. You know, I, I try to end my nights. But every night before I go to sleep, I try to end it, you know, praying and talking to God. You know, a lot of times I don't make it very far. People get for God because I nodded <laughs> out, you know. You know, I have some of them nights like you're praying and praying and then another thought comes and you wandering over here. You know, you're like, oh, wait a minute. How did I get? Let me get back over here, you know. <laughs> But I do that often, you know. There's a list of people that I know that need healing in their bodies. So I pray for that almost every night, you know. I have a list of people that I know, you know, that I want to see them surrender their hearts to Jesus Christ. I have a good friend, I love him dearly, brilliant man, intelligent man, been at war 30 years of his life. At war 30 years of his life. That'll make you hard. You know what I'm saying? And... Uh, but I talked to him and talked to him, and one day we we're, we're, he said, that's it. I can't take no more of that Jesus stuff. So he went off over in another room, and he was reading a book over there. And uh, and then, uh, but I would see him reading a book, and I'm talking to another group over here, and I'd see him, he'd be looking up from the book and listening. Anyway, back to the book. And then he'd be listening. And after a while, I'm like, oh, he can run, but he can't hide. God's got, I say, he's a Christian. He just don't even know it yet. <laughs> God's hunting him down because God loves him. Yeah. You see, I have a good friend that I went to motorcycle school. I love him dearly. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful, amazing friend. But he's still running from God. Well, me and God, we got a thing, you know. I, I you know, God understands. And you know, I, I told him how it was, you know. <laughs> and I pray. He said, you know, one day he said to me, what do you, if, unless he comes after me like he came after you, I can't believe it. So that just made me pray sick him, God. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> Chase him down, you know? He can run, but he can't hide. And I have a list of people that I go through every night. God, turn their hearts to you. Turn their hearts to you. I pray for all my children and grandchildren. God, keep every one of them and turn their hearts to you. 
You know, let all of my children come to the place where they can say, I don't believe, I know. And I go down that list, you know, almost every night, you know. Some nights I forget, you know, I'm I'm getting old and I did this barely survive the 70s. Some days I walk out to the shop, you know. I get, he's doing, it ain't that far from my house to the shop, but I get <laughs> to the shop and I get up over and I'm like, what I come in here for, you know. And I go, Metzen, Metzen. What I going to shop for? She's like, what? I said, you're supposed to be watching me. <laughs> I say stuff to her all the time, just, you know, off the wall, crazy stuff, just for fun. You know, just being silly with her. And she's like looking at me. And she, I said, you, you got to have a special brain to think like that, girl. <laughs> Not that anybody can think like that. You got to have a special brain, you know? I think that's a good invention. You just a little... Um little voice recorder and a speaker over here. I'm going to go to the shop and get... <laughs> and then when you get there and you forgot, oh, and you hit play. <laughs> Whenever you're going to go somewhere, you record. And when hey, you get there, you went in the shop and get, you know... <laughs> I can use that even doing, doing my own work. Take a measurement and go to cut it out. And you know, you forgot to measure it. again. <laughs> I told Magic and Angel one day, I forget what it was, you know, I said, I said, girl, that... I had, I was, she like, well, we didn't understand. We didn't know. I said, wait, wait, you can't read my mind. I said, it's a short read. You know, <laughs> Madison went, look, there's a lot of strange stuff that goes on up in there. And I'm not sure I want to be in there. You know? <laughs> oh, you know, they're all treasures. Every one of them. Your daughter's treasures. You know, every one of those children are great treasures to me. And I realized, you know what? That's how God sees you and me. Mm -hmm. Great treasures to me. And that uh, that command to bless the Israelites and and to and that intercession that he trained Moses in, it, it not it's not only us bringing the other person before God, but it's us giving that moment for him to reveal his love for that person in our hearts. And as we do that, we can't help but love that person, and that's why you bless them, and that's why you intercede for them because that makes that continue to come up. I think about my folks, man, today, you know, my mama would all the time, boy, she, you know, make me a sandwich and, and she'd try to preach at me, you know, preach to me. And, <laughs> and I know, man, it just, I know it had to break their hearts, you know, because I realized, you know, as a parent, one of the hardest things you can go through is to watch one of your children turn away from God. That's hard and it hurts tremendously. But I had a realization, oh my goodness, God, if it hurts my heart that much, it must really hurt yours, you know, because God realizes how much they're losing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt because he's lost. It hurts because he knows how much they're losing. You see what I'm saying? I thought, wow, God, if it hurts your heart that much, I'm going to pray all the more, you know, because it, 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 you do feel it tremendously because you realize, oh, my goodness, this child or that child, you know, uh, they're, they're missing out on the blessings of God. Because they're running from God. And I really, you know, when I, I told you a story about when I was walking by my old hippie van and said, go in a van and read your Bible. You know, I see it all the time, man. I'm not the only one who lived Haggai number two. There's a reason he had that put in that book. <laughs> and he had it put in there several thousand years ago. Because folk been doing it, you know, all along the way. Mm -hmm. He said, I rewarded all your labor with mildew, hail, and rust because you were living with a selfish, evil heart. 
And every time you thought you was going to make ends meet, I was moving the ends and you still wouldn't turn and look at me. But then it said, but now all is different because you've begun to rebuild the temple. And that takes it back to the, you've begun to rebuild, but there's still some building that's got to do. But from this day forward, I will bless you because you've turned, because you looked at me, because you got humble, and you recognize I'm in control. See, when, when, when you're in control, he can say that because he's God. I'm mm -hmm. God. I am in control. I am. That's why he said, I am. I am that I am. I am your healer. I am your provider. I am the one who holds the universe. I am the one who calms the wind. I am the one who moves the clouds. I am the one who binds Orion and Pallades together. I am the one who builds nations. I am, he just said, shoot, that's too long a list. Let's just, I am that I am. <laughs> you know, just shorten this right up and get right to it. You know, I am in control. And when you come to the place where you say, you're right, sir. You're in control. I'm not. I no longer am in it. Years ago, I'm driving on the Denali Highway. You guys been up there? If you get up by Cantwell, there's a dirt road that goes from the Parks Highway over to the Dalton Highway. A couple hundred miles of it, two, three hundred miles of it. But man, you get up in there, man, it's a dirt road. There are potholes everywhere. Now I'm driving in this old van with my wife, you know, and, and I'm driving and I can see there's a big hill cliff wall here and then there's sheer cliff. there are no guardrails man and there's a sheer cliff dropping way off like that all right but we're you know potholes everywhere you know and then i see like hey man there's enough room if i put my tire right on that edge and it, i will miss all those guard them potholes you know but when you're in the passenger seat and you're looking over you don't see that there's still some eggs there. You see nothing but sky out there, you know? But boy, I, I came over like that, and we was, and my wife was like, ah, what are you doing? And she grabbed the wheel, and we went like, 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 and hit every one of the potholes. I grabbed the wheel back and said, girl, if you'd have let that alone, I could see that if I went on the red edge, we would have missed all them potholes. Nobody drives over there. <laughs> Nobody drives over there. Nobody that crazy, you know? <laughs> but I'm just crazy enough, you know. But then I realize that's how God is sometimes. Mm. God is like, I got the wheel. I'm in control. And sometimes it looks like he's going off the cliff because we over here in the passenger seat. <laughs> we can't see what he sees. You see what I'm saying? Mm. But the difference is it, my wife snatched the wheel. I snatched it back. We snatched the wheel and we hit all the potholes and we're driving <laughs> from the passenger side, you know. And God's over here going, hey, when you ready to give that back, yeah. we'll miss some of them holes. But I ain't taking it back till you're ready to give it back. You know, I have my daughter today. When you're coming down our road towards the end, it gets all puddle, and you make the 90 into our driveway, and over here's a hole, you know? And so I said, I've given the illustration. I said, Go on, girl, drive from the passenger side. So she was doing pretty good. And we came to that corner, and we're like, The hole, she's like, Take the wheel, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're like that with God sometimes. Take the wheel, take the wheel. Ah! You know, we're going in the hole. You know? <laughs> You know, it was a beautiful moment for me, not so much for Wanda. <laughs> you know, I loved it. One of the things I love when we do this, dude, is, you know, that when I bring Wanda into it, it's given me an opportunity to honor her in the midst mm -hmm. of it, to speak well of you know, my wife. I don't never, I don't never, no matter where I go, I always build that girl up. I'm proud of her, and I love her. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. She's a brilliant woman. Still a woman, 
thinks emotionally a lot of times, not logically. And I have to give it a space to do that. I don't always do that so well. Wished I did it better. But you know what? After 29 years, I'm starting to figure it out. I'm quick after a long time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I hope, you know, I, I realized it recently, this, you know, too, too bad so many folk, so many young folk come to the point where one person or the other in the relationship hardens their heart so much that they begin to reject the other one. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the opportunity to work past that moment in your, in your relationship. Every relationship going to come in. Mm-hmm. You're going to come in that moment where you're two human beings and you're going to, you know, you're making a mess. But you know, the key to a long relationship is any relationship. The key to this relationship being long, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I forgive, mm-hmm. you know, and I have to say the first one mostly in our, my relationship. You know? yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I really, man, 29 years now, and I, I've gotten to move to the point in my relationship where, wow, you know, uh, if something were to happen to my wife, that literally would be like taking my left arm off, mm-hmm. taking my arm off. A part of me would be missing. And I'm like, wow, it's, it's too. And I know your mom and dad can relate to this. You know, mm-hmm. you, you do literally come to the point in that relationship. If you'll push through the hard times where that person literally becomes a part of who you are, mm-hmm. you know. And then they really become a great treasure in your life. You know, you treasure them more. You think you was in love with them on a wedding day, you know, but you really don't know what love is, you know, in that moment until you spend enough years with them. You say, you know what? This is the greatest treasure in my life. You know, and I wouldn't trade her for nothing. <laughs> I'm too old anyway, you know what I mean? <laughs> too hard to start over with knowing. I tell my wife, look, if for some odd reason, love, that you happen to leave this life before I do, I'm finishing this ride solo. You know, I don't need nobody else on the back of that Harley with me. <laughs> you know, just be waiting at the gate for me when I get there. <laughs> you, know? you can be able to go, see, see, this, this is one I was telling you about, Pete. He's not that bright, but give him some time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you guys know that story that this guy died and went up into heaven. He's standing at the pearly gates waiting to get in. And uh, you could edit this out if you want, but he can't have notice that there's all these clocks on the wall. So while he's waiting, he says, Excuse me, there's St. Pete, St. Pete, what are all the clocks on the wall? And, and St. Pete said, oh, them are, those are every time somebody on earth, everybody has a clock, and every time they tell a lie, their second hand moves one tick. And he looked at one clock and said, well, hey, St. Pete, that one looks like it never moved. And St. Pete goes, yeah, that's Mother Teresa. Hers never moved. He said, well, what about that one? And it's only, he said, well, that's Abraham Lincoln. His only moved twice. You know, and so he looked around, looked around. He's like, well, I don't, where is the, I don't see a clock for President Biden. Where's President Biden's clock? And St. Pete said, oh, Jesus using that in his office for a fan. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, don't put that in there. 